Today's daf is daf kuf chaf amel aleph, the very tail end of Masech Yevamis. We learned the Mishnah yesterday, we're actually up to the Gemara Kufi Tesla base in the bottom. We learned the Mishnah yesterday that the sisters alone are not believed about each other either. So each Shulchan comes back and says that my husband died. Neither of them get married because uh, how do you know your brother's not alive? You cannot trust your sister in law. Then we said if one of them had witnesses that her husband died and the other one does not have witnesses, the one who does not have witnesses can marry. Um, um, so he's free because her brother-in-law is dead, the witnesses, but the one who had witnesses is stuck because maybe her brother-in-law is still alive. And then um, and then we said, if one of them has children, obviously she is free, and uh, the one who has no children is stuck. And the last case in the mission was there were two other brothers alive, so they married two other brothers. The original two, you know, the original husband, we don't know if, if the husband is alive or not, we cannot trust the, their testimony regarding each other, but they married two other brothers, and then those two brothers died. The question is, and the only two, the only two brothers that might be alive are the ones that they tested their original husbands. So therefore, one opinion says, well, it reverts back to the original situation, they're stuck, and Rabbi Loza says, once they got married, they're out of it. So the Gemara is going to try to understand Rabbi Loza's view in a minute. First, we have a Bryce. The Bryce adds one more case. Tell them we learned. What happened to Zoo? Let's say Reuben's wife, Leah, has eight witnesses, Ubanim, and children. So she's free anyway because she has children, but she has witnesses her husband died. Well, the zoo and Shimon's wife, Rachel, Loy Adim has no witnesses that her husband died, but with Loy she has no children, so she has to marry a brother-in-law, but her brother-in-law, the witnesses are dead. Then Shteim with Torah, they're both permitted. That's the additional case that Brisa adds. And then this is the last case in the mission, it's Yadmu. They both married the two surviving brothers, the Mesu Hayyavami and these two surviving brothers also died. Then Hasun and Nasai, they still cannot get married because they still, the original two husbands, how do you know that the other, your, the other husband is not alive? Only the testimony of your sister-in-law, you can't trust them. Once they permitted, once they married the, the brothers, now they're free, you don't go back to the first case. Now the question is why? Boy, you know, this is Rabbi, my time at Ablaza, what possible logic does I have? Is it because in principle, so maybe he argues on this on this very fundamental principle. He holds that 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 you could trust each other, you could trust each other. And and and, and so the obvious question of the Shane mask is if that's what Rabbi holds, that the girls, so why is he arguing here? Why didn't he argue in the mission before when we said that five women that don't trust each other? He should have said something there. So the difference is over here, no, over there he would agree you cannot trust them. But over here, because each one is really trying to is really is really testifying about themselves. They're saying that, they, that their own husband died, so they want to free themselves. In the meantime, as a result of that, they're testifying on behalf of the system. But because the thrust of their testimony is about themselves, Rabbi Loza says, in this case, you can trust them. In the previous mission, a sister came along and said, by the way, your husband is dead. We don't trust him. Maybe she's trying to harm you. But in this case, the sister was saying, my husband died, which happens to be your, um, your future brother-in-law. And, and, um, and the other one says her husband died. Because each one is testifying about themselves. And... And then the the, 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 the the I guess and you're one of the beneficiaries of our testimony, but that isn't the primary objective. Then a beloved holy can believe. That's one possible way. I do it perhaps from the nafsha. The fact is that um, the reason why we believe her is because she's hurting herself as well, because she is the one who is going to end. The, you know, based on her own testimony, she's going to go get married, and if it turned out to be her husband's alive, she's going to hurt herself. And this svara that we learned last time, we can say again here, the idea that I, I don't care if I hurt myself as long as I harm you, Rabbi doesn't believe in that opinion. Golius, a plishti can say that, but not, not her. What's the difference between these two? What happens if, she, if she's not harming herself because she's not really getting married, but the other one wants to get married first. 
So it depends. If you say that I can testify on your behalf, especially if I'm testing by myself and you're the beneficiary, even though I'm not trying to get married straight away, you can get married because you can trust my testimony. But if you say the reason is because I don't want to harm myself, that's only if I got married. But if I'm not getting married, only you're getting married, I'm not harming myself. I just said things, you know, doesn't matter. If she got married, then it's get married because we'll say, there's no way in the world that she's going to harm herself just to harm you. So therefore, we trust her. But if she did not get married based on her own testimony, we're not going to marry you. So which one is it? My, which one is it? Tashma, come here. Um, the wording he uses, since now that you married um, your, your, um, your others, the two, the two surviving men before they died, so now they're permitted to everybody. <clears throat> so... Um, he, I mean, the word is hutruli vamin. He doesn't say because she got married, um, and you know she doesn't say because because she married the surviving brother must be that she's telling the truth because she actually married the surviving brother. If she would have not have married the surviving brother, then it's one thing. But she married because she married the surviving brother. It sounds like you can trust her testimony. But so if you say like this, that the reason is because she's not going to harm herself. She married her her brother-in-law herself, and if her husband is still alive, then, you know, then right now that means she married somebody with the Issa Kuris and all that, and she cannot go back to her original husband. Therefore, it makes sense that this is because you got married, you can marry the other one. The reason is basically because one can testify about the other. Then why do you have to say because they both married these other brothers? Therefore, we can assume that it's true what they're saying, and therefore the Mudul Khaladam, but, but you're saying that even that um, that even if she did not, if, um, if the reason is because they are trusted about each other, then even if she did not marry the surviving brother, she should still be trusted. Holds the only reason why we trust them is because they actually went ahead and they got married. What happened over here was there were two surviving brothers, they both married a surviving brother, including the, the, the your sister in law. That means that she really is, is following through on her testimony that she got married. That must be the reason why we trust. Maybe no. I say you can trust one sister about the law, even if she did not get married, because since she's testifying really about herself, you can believe her about the other one as well. But this is what Rabbi Loza said to the rabbis. According to me, I hold the principle that one can testify regarding a sister-in-law, especially when he's really testifying about himself, and the sister-in-law is just a, be a mere beneficiary. Even though that, this, that she didn't get married, Menazmila will marry the sister-in-law. According to you, you don't believe in that. But at least, admit to me, that if she did get married, if she married a surviving brother, that means she really acted on her testimony, they must be telling the truth. Why would you harm her own life? So you must be telling the truth. And the Rabbana say, no, there's no truth whatsoever. You know why? Because there's a concept that Goliath uh, said, said, Thomas, not Thomas Nafshi impleached him with the heat of that. That we follow the footsteps of Shimshon Agibra that he says, I don't care if I die and let's collapse the entire building as long as all my enemies die with me. So we haven't yet proven one way or another. In the sweater of Allah, said he might have touched my gamir, Aisha Shahokam. 
a woman, she and her husband overseas, a boy, came back from that her husband died. We trust her complicitly, and we also say that she could even collect a ksuba, not like the other time who says that she can't. And when it comes to money things, we don't. Tina says she can get married, the title ksuba, and she can take a ksuba. If it's a rosa, asura. But the, the tzara remains us. She comes back and tells tell the story. Uh, the co-wife cannot trust her because maybe she's harming us, she's lying and everything else. So as far as she's concerned, we trust her, but the co-wife cannot go ahead and marry based on that. Rabbi Loza says, Since you trust her testimony regarding herself, you can also trust her. Um, the co-wife can also get married because look at the book, the sister went ahead and based on this, she would, she decided to get married. Ama, um, does he want to aim of water? We say, Hoyil, the Hutra, the why don't we just say that the reason is because since she became a Mutanisa, she got married. Um, sorry, so why don't we say the Gemara is right, very simple. It says, Abeloza says, Hoyil, the Hutra, he Hutanamitros, because she became Mutter, the Tsar is also Mutter. What we see from here that as soon as he gave her a head, not because she got married. As soon as you gave her a head to the, the first wife, and we trust her, the second wife already is free as well. So it's not because uh, she harmed herself, because she got married and she showed us that she really actually, you know, she's acting on her evidence, it's, uh, on testimony. No, it's because it's because we trust one on the other. That's what it seems clear to me. <clears throat> and here's again, like Tracy and the other said, she's testifying about herself to free herself. Meanwhile, the co-wife is a beneficiary. In this case, I have a lot of holes, you can trust her. Says he came out, um, no, Ama. Why don't we read into it? Hoyle, maybe you have to wait one more step. Hoyle Bohutra, you permitted the, 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 the wife who came and gave the testimony to get married. Then Nisas, once she got married, then the co-wife is released. So the mother, so that's what we did. So the, in other words, to make sure that she's she's prepared to harm herself, obviously she's telling the truth. Maybe that's the reason. Says the mother who said, why can't we, let's say this woman's a conniving woman. Let's say simply, even if she gets married, it proves nothing. You know why? Maybe her husband was really alive, and maybe she got a divorce from her husband overseas. So instead of telling saying that she got divorced, she decided to come over. My husband is dead. So she, if she got married, she has no problem. Even though she comes back alive, she produces a divorce. She's not harmed, but she harmed her co-wife. So if you're trying to avoid all the possibilities of harming, you don't achieve anything by saying, "Let's wait till she gets married." The lake is why aren't you worried? If the reason is. Um, because she doesn't want to harm herself, and, and therefore we wait till she gets married. That doesn't prove anything, because maybe she has a divorce. Maybe she really actually has a get, and therefore, and she hit it. And if the husband ever comes back alive, she'll just produce the get. In the meantime, she says the husband died. The co-wife will go ahead and marry somebody else, and now she's finished, because she can't go back to her husband and so on. So she achieves her end, and if she's conniving everything else. Um... And the reason why she made up the, the cop to the story is to harm her co-wife. Maybe that's what she did it for. Says the Gemara, you're right. If she's married to Yisrael, you're right. We don't, we have no evidence. Maybe Taka wouldn't believe her. If we follow that side of the of the boy, that because she's harming herself, you're right. In this situation, we wouldn't believe the co-wife, wouldn't allow the co-wife to be free because how do you know that this that the woman who came and testified is telling the truth? Maybe she got has a get, but. She's married to a Koyan. And therefore, um, she if she now married a Koyan, having a get is not going to help her because a, a divorcee is not allowed to marry a Koyan. So if we see her 
This is when we, Rabbi Loza says that we allow, we release the co-wife, we're talking about a case where she came along and the, the other wife said, came on testimony, our husband died. And then she got married, but she married a client. So you no longer say, oh, she's a conniving woman and she has a divorce somewhere buried in the top drawer. That's not, that's not, that's not going to help her because a divorce, you can't marry a client. So we haven't resolved the question, what's Rabbi Loza? Now the Gemara concludes, the last few pages is about if uh, to avoid a woman being an aguna, if her husband died, we have to come and give testimony. What exactly do we have to say? How do we know that person is actually your husband? There's a beautiful story written by Marcus Lehman called Out of the Depths in the five novelettes. We, um, a story about a, a case where everyone is supposed that the husband died and the Rav did not want to let the woman get married because I know the husband's going to change clothes. Clothing alone is not article of clothing. It's not really a proof because maybe he, he swapped with somebody, changed with somebody. I know it's him. He couldn't recognize any other parts of the body. And um, and very fascinating story. Turned out to be the husband was alive. Mishnah. So let's see the Mishnah. How to understand this Mishnah. When you want to testify about a person that he's dead, you have to see the face. The nose has to be in place and the eyes. And, um, and, and in order to be able to ascertain that this person is that person. Now, the big machlek is Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam and all the Rishonim. Rashi holds that even the entire body is lying there. You have to be able to recognize a full face. Rabbeinu Tam says, no, we're talking about a case here where the head is severed from the body. Then you have to be able to recognize a full face. And here we say the nose and everything else. The more will add also uh, the forehead. But according to Rabbeinu Tam, if the entire body is intact, then if we uh, have simonim on the body itself, that's good enough. We don't have to recognize the face. Says, see the face. Even there's no nose, parts of the face are missing. It, it, as long as you recognize the body, then it's good enough. And then the machlek is uh, within the Rabbein Tam itself. That um, the, the, he says you have some money on the body. What about you just recognize? Sometimes you recognize a person. You don't have any particular telltale signs. You just know that person. It's um, and that is ayin. That tvi is ayin is so Rabbein Tam is saying either tvi is ayin or some money on the body, or is he saying you need both? You need tvi is ayin. You recognize, but you also have to have some telltale sign, something, because there are degrees of simonim, simonim of hakim, which are very unique that you know one in a million have, and then the simonim shainu hakim. You know, this person has it. Might be other people have it as well, but between the tvi'as ayin and the simonim look, that together it's good enough. Big machlekes shaini machreim chamsefer and others, fascinating. Says the Mishnah, Afabisha simonim gufa, even though there are simonim in the in the guf. And Ube uh, Caleb, um, so never doesn't matter. You need so according to my time, the second case altogether. According to uh, according to Rashi, this is what one case. We don't trust. We don't recognize the goof unless we can recognize the face. Even though there's some bodily some money, Ube Caleb or his clothing. Amy Eden. Another thing is you don't testify. Allah tradition actually have to witness the person's death. Even if you saw that he was um, stabbed numerous times with Tolov or he was hanging, and you saw an animal eating eating the, his feet and so on. So these are three, uh, these are three different cases, all one case. Even all in one case, you saw the guys stabbed many times, and then you saw that he was hanging, then you saw an animal eating him. Still, you cannot testify until you actually saw the person. Like, I know he wasn't cured. I know he wasn't taken over the last minute and somehow another saved. Amy eating a lot of yummy. We can only testify about a face up to three days, because beyond three days, we say it's disfigured. And Rabbi uh, Baba says, it's not universal rule. Depends on the weather out there, if it's hot, cold, and so on and so forth. We'll have a whole discussion whether he's saying that even beyond three days 
or only, or the, if the person in a certain climate you can recognize, or is he saying that even three days he's being machmed? Not always three days, sometimes it might be two days and one day. Rabbein Tam again, and Shitta argues and said, this three days is only regarding the phase, but three is I could go even beyond three days. If you recognize the person, even beyond three days is good enough. Tell about we learned. Bedachal, what happened? You see the fire every little parts upon you, but don't see the rest of the face. So parts upon the bedachal go the rest of the face, and you don't see the forehead. Amy eat not yishnei and So you need the entire face, the forehead, and the nose. Or by the micro, how do we know that pasuk? That you need the entire face. Because the pasuk hakoras pneim recognize the face on sabam, answered by them. So therefore, um, and as Rashi spells out, let's read to you. Alma, we see ain edus bishar haguf. We don't care about the rest of the body. You might be there. You recognize it's not good enough. We need to see the face. And Taisa says it's talking about it's a severed head. Abba Marta is also known as Abba He owed money to the Vedic Gusa. They were tough people. This is the, the, you know, the exilation, head of the exilation bubble. I see, and he didn't pay. He couldn't pay on time. So what they did was to humiliate him. I see Kira, they brought some wax. They attached some materials in the wax. And then Dovah Bapusa, they, they placed it on his forehead. Cholov Kamayu, he walked in front of people. And nobody was able to recognize it. Why? Because he covered his forehead. I guess wearing a mask over your mouth, you can still recognize Maybe, I don't know, I don't. But uh, covering the forehead, somehow or another, you don't recognize the person at all. So the forehead is very important. We're saying over here that even though, even though there are signs, nevertheless, uh, you cannot, um, it's not good enough. <coughs> If you don't see the the, the, the head with the, with the forehead and the nose and everything else, someone in the body is not good enough. Now, so the chayda would seem from here that some, <coughs> the member of the someone who loved the nice would seem that Mishnah holds having signs on the body. We'll have a discussion. Hold the more and and what you know, someone that someone is uh, is is the way you can tell if somebody this article belongs to somebody. Now, this concept of someone is that from the Torah. And, you know, you don't have witnesses, but some money might equal to uh, witnesses. Or is that only with the Rabbanon? Because you have to have a society. Things have to work. So you, you know, to function, if you have signs that it's yours, it's good enough. Because it says you have some money in the body. It's not good enough to say to a woman, you're free now because we think that's your husband. But I mean, as a question, I'll show you some money. Is the title that says if a person lost a divorce and then he found it, what we're talking about, that he, like Rashi says, he himself found it or somebody else found it. Because if he himself found it, some people say he has a migui. A migui is a good sign. I never lost it. Now that he's lost it, but I found it, I know it's mine. Some say that's good enough. We don't want, we don't care about anything else but some money. Because obviously, why would he say that? If he, if, you know, if he doubted it at all. Anyway, but either way, let's say if somebody else gave a tech back to him or according to those who say it's not a migui and he himself lost it, Motsu, he found it, he found it yet, but he found it later. It was tied to his wallet or tied to um, a ring or something that he that was his. Or he actually found it, or he found it amongst his articles, of his own personal articles. And he recognizes the wallet, he recognizes the key, no, he doesn't really recognize the get, because the get is a standard um, you know, document. But he recognized where it was attached to, to his wallet or to his article of clothing, whatever it was. Um, as we say, it's his. That film was a long time later. Kosher, um, kosher. Why is it kosher? Because we rely on the simon. And what are we doing with that? We are going to release a woman, which is an ish, a married woman. We're going to release it based on simonim. So that tells us that simonim is mahataida. It seems between our Mishnah and that case over there. It's not a problem. 
Two different opinions. What am I talking about? The time we learned, it said you cannot testify somebody if he has some kind of a of a boil, he has some kind of a mole, or some kind of a of a, of a, of a body defect, a growth on this body uh, that's not good enough. And it sounds like because Simonim are not good enough. That's not a, you know, we could testify. So my the argument is Masavar Simon that I said therefore that's good enough to testify. And the Masavar um that what Rabban. And therefore everything is all right. So we see the Machlekes Simonim, and that will be a Machlekes for our mission here that says you don't trust the money, and the mission there that says that you do trust the money. <clears throat> In that case, it's talking about whether if you can say Aidus about a shuma if a man died and say, Look, I know that's your husband because I saw this growth, I know that he has this mole or he has this, this whatever it is, this discoloration of skin or something there that it's his. So in Gemara, we have a number of answers, and it's from the Gemara here, it seems the Gemara is not clear if Samanim Amahat or not. Is Machlekes. Are, we comparing, are we comparing Samanim that are external to Samanim that are in the body? Is that the same? Our Mishnah, it says that the, the idea of a simon. Right now, we're learning the idea of a simon, and we're talking about not about the, just money matter, we're talking about where it impacts on an Easter. So, now Mishnah, we want to release the woman, say her husband died, and we're saying it's a money on the goof. And then over there, we're we're relying on the simonim on the on a, on a wallet to release the woman and say that the get is the same get. If it's not the same get, she's not divorced. It's the same get. So we're in both cases, we're we're relying. And in fact, forget you would think that a simon on the goof would be stronger than a yeah, simon yeah. on our, and yet that other place says that a simon on article is good enough, right? It's just, and if that matter, that's good enough. Surely a simon on the goof should be good enough. And Yamish says not. So we found the Machlekes Tanaim, similar case about a, about a Shuna. So therefore we'll say that that's the Machlekes, whether Simonim in Bechlal Amar or Mid Rabban. So now we have a few answers to the Gemara. So it seems clearly the Gemara is not so clear if it's Simonim the or not. Big Machlekes will show him as well. So the Gemara says over here, uh, um, uh, okay, first answer, Amar Rav, says Rav, Kuli Alma Simonim the Raisa. Now everyone knows the Simonim the Raisa. Um, and the more brings up very interesting idea that somehow or another, two people born at the same time, well, having learned the Dorim, there's something like you know, it comes with a bigger chalim, there's some kind of a kinship between people born in the same mazel, same day, the same time, they have similar mannerisms and similar genetics. So here we're saying that people born at that same time, the Ben Gilim, might also have a Shuma, other parts of the world. So the fact that you have a Shuma doesn't really, is not a strong simon. And that's what is very interesting. Where that comes from, I don't know. But that's what the Gemara is saying here. As Ashi says, Ben Gilim, born at the same time, under the same mazel. So not only do they have the same mannerisms, you know, we have all the, all the you know, Gemini and all that kind of stuff, but also the, the physical features. Or defects might be similar as well, and and that's exactly what they're arguing that the Masava should be Ben That it's possible that a Ben would have exactly the same thing. It was not a simit. That's a chachamim. And Rabbi Lozer Bavoy says, "Ain't a Ben No, it doesn't work that way. And therefore, it's a valid simit. But everyone holds simonim a valid. The question is whether this is called a simit or not. That's one explanation. Explanation number two. The other say, 
Pachol here, Meshumeh Asuyelishtanus Lachemisik Mivge. Again, everyone holds that Simanim is Mahatoyde. The question is, once a person dies, can there be can there be changes in their body that enough that you say that that's no longer a simon? Maybe the Shumah grew, maybe the Shumah becomes smaller, maybe suddenly the Shumah appears that wasn't there before, or maybe the Shumah suddenly disappears. So because there are changes in a person's body after post their, their life, that you can no longer say that this is a good simon. It does change after, uh, you know, the shade changes or whatever, things change. It alters. It doesn't change after me. That's, so the first two answers are Simon and Mahatayda, and we're just saying, explaining how they're arguing. However, Ikidami, the third version, No, maybe no one agrees that Simon that I said. Everyone holds the Simon that I said. And I, the Gemara, before we talks about you gave the get back. You gave a get back to a woman because you found a tie to your wallet. How can you give it back to the woman? So maybe now we're changing the chat and that thing they were talking about no longer a person giving it back to the person who lost it, but the person who lost it is the very same person who found it. And therefore we believe him because he has a migui and, and, and he recognizes it. And that's why we give him. Otherwise, we would never give it to him. <clears throat> uh, or Tracy brings a, a few answers, but the, the last answer is, that we're going to see, even if you hold simonim is not in Hatayra, that's general simonim. Unique simonim is, and maybe that the get was tied to a wallet. It's not just lying near a wallet. In fact, the get, the get was tied to a wallet, or the get was in your house amongst your articles. That's considered a very strong simon, not just an ordinary simon. That's a very strong simon. So the Gemara of Hachal here, no, the argument is Shuma, whether the Sim Mubik, whether that's considered a Sim Mubik, because even if you hold simonim, then I say, but a Sim Mubik is good enough. Um, therefore, that's the question. is not just is not a common thing, and therefore, and especially where in the body it is. Even if the, even if a shum is common, but this person has it, you know, uh, in, in this part of the region of the body or that region of the body, that's unique. So therefore, even simon that might be considered simon deraiso. It's not. A, it's, a, it's quite common, and therefore, it's not considered uh, a simon deraiso. And that's what they're arguing. And that's how he explained it, the, 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 the two, uh, the different, um, uh, so now that Loshna says, that Rabbi says, Simon is my it says in our Mishnah clearly, clearly, there are some money in the goof, there are some money in the clothing, and yet our Mishnah says, if there's no nose and the face features aren't there, it doesn't work. How can that be? So Gemara said because the simonim and the gupta and the mission is talking about are very are, are not really simon. For example, uh, what's the simonim? You gufay the aruch. You say, oh, I remember we're six feet tall. That's not really, that's a very thousands millions of people are six feet tall. Or the goods, very extraordinary short. And many people are short. Caleb comes clothing. Even if you have very strong simonim regarding the clothing, you know why we don't accept it? The chayshin and the shayla. How do you know that he didn't lend his clothes to somebody else? I know that this clothes weren't borrowed. So therefore. That is why we don't trust simonim of clothing. We need more than that. Says the Gemara, if you find a wallet with a name, it means nothing. Because how do you know that's, that it's his one? Maybe he stole it. The Yichayshin says the Gemara, if you tell me now that simonim are not good because you're always scared that maybe it was borrowed. So forget about matters of, of, of you know, of, um, of uh, getting married or something else. So well, that's a general question. You learn the whole Gemara of the You find something, you can you know, give it back. And one of the things that we say is, if you if you recognize the saddle on the donkey, you give it back. It's simon. Why? Maybe it's a borrowed saddle. give back a donkey with by giving the signs of the of the saddle. How can prove is that? Says the Gemara because 
people don't generally swap saddles of donkeys around because it's fit to size. It's custom made. Because the maximum of the chamre, if it's not custom made, it pokes into the donkey and it causes damage. So nobody would nobody would borrow someone else's saddle or lend its saddle out to others. Okay, it says, okay, what about the other case? Motsu, we learned before, Motsu Koshi found to get tied to a kiss or an anarchy yeah, in wallet or um, or with a ring. Hey, Chimadrina, how can you get back? Maybe it's a borrowed wallet, maybe it's a borrowed ring. Now that you introduced this whole new idea that doesn't prove it's yours, so all of these things, Simona, how do you work? Simona explains, Tabas, these articles, People generally don't lend. Nobody lends their ring. Remember, those days, ring was not just an ornament. That was a signature ring. And, in, and if, if the store has just signature ring, they can just copy it and then use the signature. And, and, and who knows what they can do? They can buy things and use the signature. You would never lend out your pri- your personal ring. So Tabas, Chayzel, Ziyufi. Nobody can lend it out because you're scared somebody's going to forge it. Keys Va'aniki and your personal wallet and articles that you keep your money, you don't lend it out either. You know why? People were very superstitious. People are superstitious that this brings me good luck. I don't want to give it share with anybody else. So people generally did not lend their person. They lend money, but they would never lend their personal wallet. And that's why a similar is good enough. Or anybody say, I'll give you another answer. If you don't like this and you think that people generally don't lend anything, I'll tell you why our Mishnah says that Kalim is not a good thing. Because we're talking about just like by a person height. We're talking about Kalim color. White, red. Not this very weak simon. So even the old simon love that I said, but if it's a unique simon, and that's the machlek is by shuma simon move it, it does work. So you want to further um, the good uh, you saw stabbed many times. The members so what are you really saying? The good a person can be stabbed many times, but they can still continue living. That's why you cannot say that this person is dead unless you actually saw the person die in front of your eyes. But I mean, that's a question. It says, Adam, a person a person does not become tummy, does not does not generate until he actually dies. Even if he's in the threshold of dying, it's not good enough. He has to die before he can generate tumma. That all the contents in that house becomes tummy. I feel the even if he stabbed many times, goises, even he's in the last steps and the threshold of death. Now it says here, it says he's not metame yet because he hasn't died yet, but definitely he'll definitely die. So why can't you testify that the guy is dead? He'll definitely die. Not now, in five minutes. So why can't you testify? You can testify about somebody who was stabbed many times, but you cannot testify somebody was hanged. Because it could be when you walked away, somebody you know, cut him off and, and saved his life. Even if he stabbed many times, you cannot testify. You can always heal him if you uh, like burn those spots or you cauterize them, uh, and and they can and he can survive. So you cannot say definitely the person died because you walked away before he died. Okay, so therefore, according to Rab Shimon, according to Rab Shimon Lazar, it's possible that he will live, and and that's what you're saying over there that by by Tommy, uh, sorry, and and that's why we're saying over here that now Mishnah. That you cannot say um, that he's dead because he could be a live, and that place over there where it says Namatame, but he'll definitely die, he goes according to Rachabi. How in the world can you learn And therefore, we cannot testify the person has died. Could maybe somebody get cured him or healed him? But Tony Safer, it says in the next mission, there's a story that happened in Asia, a person, there's a person that they lowered him into the water. Also, but then when they took him out of the water, what came back, the Ebiyadim Ella Rag, all they got was his foot. The Chachamim says, follows. The Shah came and bit off his foot or something. 
do, do we say the person survived or not? We learn later on that mayim she'inlam soif, water, endless water. You can never, if you saw somebody drown or not drown, so fall in the water, you cannot testify the person for sure is dead because you cannot see beyond a certain point. And maybe some another he came out on the other side. Who knows? You know, sometimes they find people surviving days after they their boat capsized. They hung onto a, a board or something. Nobody was there to see them, but they're there. The thing Mara says. So if you lower this person uh, and you found that it depends. This is very interesting with the case that they have now in Australia. That woman who swindled all these people with money and then they found her ankle and foot inside a shoe. Right? And they're assuming that she's dead. However, the Gemara says depends. Then if it's, um, it was cut off above the knee, then she can, uh, she, uh, she can get remarried because definitely the person will survive. But if it's below the knee, because it could be a person could survive. It could be a person can can survive. <clears throat> Why? Um, and we're not worried about drowning because it's possible. It's mind shame with self and maybe it came out another end. Yeah. And yeah, what do we see from here? But if it's above, then you can get married. So we see clearly from here that if you're stabbed, people don't live. I it could be also that somebody came along and healed the person. We don't say that. How can you say a mission of Shimalaz on the next Mishnah? So you want a shiny Maya. Even a Shimalaz will agree that because this guy was inside the water, the Mirza Maka, the water aggravates and exacerbates the, the, the what do you call the wound. And therefore, um, above land, above the knee, you can still heal the person, but in, in the water, it, it's going to aggravate it and you're going to die. So even Shalaz will agree. So what are you talking about? I once saw this with this uh, you know, peddler, this um, wandering salesman, the shakul safsida, took a knife, the guide the gamble, cut the leg off of camel, and uh, and the and the animal didn't stop um, uh, couldn't finish uh, uh, what do you call uh, crying or yelling out, and it died. And it died. So we see from the what. <clears throat> That they die, that they do die straight away. So the Gemara, Omer Abayi says, That wasn't an ordinary camel. It was a very weak camel. That's why it died. But it uh, died straight away. But if it's a strong person and a human, a person could survive, and therefore it could be he was healed. You know, while you walked away. So you cannot automatically conclude the person died. Rabbi says no. Talking about a case here that he, um, he's talking about here, Besakin Melubenes, he used a kind of knife. That was uh, boiling hot. In other words, he put it in the fire and he made it, uh, I guess he um, sterilized it and he made it very hot. And um, and, we, and and therefore, when he cut it, it automatically healed itself. Uh, um, uh, we call the Dibri Haka. Because he used them, um, in, 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 it could be that in, in, you, know, you also use them by a person. If you use a, a knife that's malubin, a knife that's very, very hot, it, it, it heals while it cuts. So therefore, it could be that you can live on. could be you can live on. So um, that's how we explain this meguyed, that, um, that it's a machlekes tanoim, whether a person, you can still heal that person or you can no longer heal that person. Says the Gemara, Uh, okay, says so the Gemara further. Um, yeah, says so the Gemara. Um, so I just lost the place. Uh, you see the animal eating. If you saw the animal eating from parts of the body that the person doesn't you know, eat, let's say the foot. If you saw the animal eating, let's say from the heart area or some other region that if, uh, if that gets consumed completely, the person cannot survive, then you can say the person definitely is dead. 
We know that that two simanim, you know, the esophagus and the, and the fire action, let's say if you cut through both of them, the windpipe, or you cut through the majority of them, you know, by shechita, by an animal, that's, that's, make, that's kosher. So by person also, and then the person somehow or another, um, the, the victim fled, is me'idin. You can testify that, well, the person definitely died. There's no way that he could survive, even though you saw the guy leave and you didn't see what happened afterwards. You could definitely testify he didn't survive. He's not so And while he was there, after he shechted both of his things and he made a hint, he couldn't let you speak, but he, he, he alluded to or he hinted, he made some kind of gestures which said, kiss to get leashed, you right to get to my wife. That they can give it because he's still considered alive. Uh, so the says, that's not a problem. Chayu, right now he's stuck alive. You can testify, definitely the person died. Definitely the person died. Because he's like a trefer and definitely the person died. Uh, some say you have to wait 12 months before you can say definitely, because a trefer can live up to 12 months as we had in Marukulum. So if you're telling me that what? That if you shafted to some money, or most of two money, definitely the person will die. So how come if somebody uh, tries to murder somebody and shafts to both of them, he sends a knife through his neck, part of his neck, and shafts to both of these money? The thing is that the person did it by mistake. It does not go to Goyle because he didn't really kill him. Alavatani, we learned... Sorry, but you're saying that what? That he um, that, 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 that definitely he will die. So Alavatani, why we learn you don't go to Golos? Because who said the person died? What do you mean the person died? You just said definitely the person will die. You know why you don't go to Gaulus? Because we believe the other factors involved as well. Taka, you, you started the whole thing. You were the catalyst. But maybe it was not the, the, the knife that killed him, but maybe the air that entered the body is what caused his death. Or, so therefore, you're only a cause. You didn't actually murder him. Or maybe the guy was jumping around and then itself, he brought it on faster. And therefore, there were like two partners in this crime, you and that victim himself. And therefore, you don't go to Gullus because you have to be entirely solely responsible for the person's death. They said, my mind came in. What's the difference? My bad. I was in these two reasons. What happens? You shut them in a house made out of marble, so there's no wind whatsoever. It's very still, but a parchin has jumped around. So if the reason is, um, if the reason is because um, the wind, there's no wind, and therefore you're solely responsible, you got to go to Gullus. But if the reason is because uh, he tr- contributed to it by jumping around, he still jumped around. Or inami the shachti outside, so there's plenty of wind, but the parchin didn't jump around. So therefore, wind, then then you're not responsible. The reason because jumping, he didn't, and therefore you are.